What's good, everybody? This is Manny Fresh, host of the Technical Foul Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, and all other podcasting services. As always, follow us on Facebook at The Technical Foul Podcast. Also, follow us on Twitter at The TF Podcast One. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. good everybody welcome back to the technical file podcast i'm your host manny fresh yes again me the technical file podcast three days in a row with the show imagine that imagine that we've run the podcast gamut this week but it's a big week obviously we got the big floyd mayweather conor mcgregor fight coming up tomorrow night and uh got a special guest for you guys if you guys uh are mma fans you ufc fans out there you might you guys may have heard of my guest brian the goes garcia who is the co-host of the mma junkie radio show on sirius xm it's kind enough to give us a couple minutes and join us uh give us his insight on the fight on all things ufc on the atmosphere in vegas right now everything so he's given us a couple minutes of his time he's got a busy schedule obviously with the fight this week to uh break it down for us so we feel very very lucky very very uh special shit so yeah, let's make them feel welcome to the TFP land, TFP nation. So, Brian the Goes Garcia. Brian, what's good, man? Nothing. It's just uh, we just wrapped up our show here at MMA Junkie Radio. It's in the fight capital of the world, and you can feel the vibe already. The Irish are out in drones, and we're getting ready for weigh-ins here. How about you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Just podcasting, getting ready to watch this fight tomorrow night. I guess... I, 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 we'll start with that, with the atmosphere. Uh, you're in Vegas, obviously. You're you're there every day, obviously. You're feeling this every day. You're, you're talking about it every day on your program. So just kind of break it down to me, the atmosphere. Is, does it feel like a big fight? Does it feel like a big event? Uh, kind of break that down for us here on the show. You know, it was a little slow early on the week, in the week, but now people are starting to show up. And if you go to the host hotels, which is the MGM, we were there yesterday, now people are starting to uh, check into their rooms. They've landed uh, a lot of Irish fans out here, but the buzz is just—you can't, you can't talk to one person without them bringing up this fight. It's pretty huge. The sports book, the board is usually reserved. You know, we got college ball, uh, pro football, baseball lines. That entire basically taken up with uh, everything McGregor Mayweather. So the buzz is just about as, as high as it can get right now. Really? Wow. Okay. I'll admit, man, I wasn't really into. I mean, I know we, we, me and you, have with text back and forth offline, and and you know, I, I really haven't been feeling this this whole fight. Um, it's been really gimmicky to me, but I gotta admit, I'm I'm a little into it today. I'm a little, I'm feeling the big fight feel. 
Um, what about you? Like since the beginning of this whole thing, since it was announced, since you know we kind of knew that this was going to be a done deal. Um, what has been your mindset through this whole fight? Is it a big fight for you? Is this is it sort of like a car crash type of thing for you? What 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 are your thoughts? Your own personal thoughts on this fight? I didn't want to see it. I mean, to me, it's a little bit of a circus. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I don't know what you take a guy like Conor McGregor. He's a great mixed martial artist. He's a great fighter, but he's not even the best striker in his division. Yeah, that's in Barbosa. He's not the best wrestler in his division. He's not even the best jiu-jitsu guy in his division. Uh, it's not like you're even taking uh, the greatest mixed martial artist and putting him up against Floyd Mayweather, who's greatest boxer of all time. I'm not really sure what we're out to prove here. Um, so it's been hard to get behind it, but you're right. There's something about the charisma that Conor McGregor brings. There's something about Floyd Mayweather that's going to make us all want to tune in. But I'll tell you what, man, I can't wait for this to be over. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah, like I said, I, I've been I've been a little slow to it. I mean, I've just been kind of rolling my eyes through the whole hype machine, through all the the antics and what. I, what about that? What, what did you did you? I know a lot of people had a lot of opinions on on all the trash talk and all the stuff going back and forth. Did you just kind of make that out as just normal pre fight stuff, or do you think these guys kind of went a little bit overboard in their in their pre match you know hype, whatever you want to call it? Well, I think Conor McGregor went a little overboard, but that, that's kind of what he does. That's what we all expect. And I mean, come on. Floyd Mayweather's had 49 professional fights. Right. That means he's been through this 49 times. 49 times, another guy has stood in front of him and said, I am going to kick your ass. And it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, Conor McGregor, he's been through before where he said that, and it didn't go his way. His biggest uh, attribute, his biggest weapon in this fight is to get inside of Floyd Mayweather's head. And he just hasn't been able to do that. From the very first press conference out in L.A., he was putting it all out there, but Floyd just wasn't biting. And it's because Floyd's a smart guy. He's a smart fighter, and, and he knows that he can't feed into Connor. And I think that's kind of affected Connor a little bit, where he had to go even more over the top mm-hmm. to really even get a reaction out of Floyd. And I mean, people just don't understand that this is Floyd Rena. The same way if Floyd were to go into the octagon against Connor. It's the same thing. We'd be laughing at Floyd. It just doesn't make sense for him to do it, uh, let alone against one of the greatest boxers that ever lived. So all this this trash talk, all that, it's Conor McGregor just trying to get an edge, but it's an edge that's just not there. Yeah, I definitely feel you. Do you think this is a legit fight, or do you think... I mean, I I don't know. I go back and forth. I, I think it's somewhat legit, but I also think that it's, you know, both guys kind of have a handshake agreement. Let's 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 make it entertaining. Let's, let's you know, let's let's give the fans something to see here. Do you think it's a legit fight? Do you think it's a legit animosity, or is it more work somewhat? I, I think it's a payday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a payday for, for both of the guys. They know... Well, I think with Conor signed that contract, to be honest, man, the straight out truth, this is what I firmly believe. I think he sat down with his management and he said, how much am I willing to get paid to get the shit beat out of me? And I think that's what he looked at that, well, $106 million sounds like uh, enough money to get beat up. And that's why he did it. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not really, I mean, it's a fight that the Conor can, he can, to rest and get back up and then he's got to do again what 
nobody would have been able to do that like Mayweather. So it, it, it is, but at the same time, it is. No, all I was saying is it, it kind of is a fight, but it kind of isn't at the same time. Because with Conor McGregor, I mean, yeah, he can connect with Floyd Mayweather, but other fighters have done that. Uh, Shane Mosley hurt Mayweather, okay? Let's just say Conor's big punch does land. Mm-hmm. In MMA, it's difficult because you're, you're watching Conor's legs. He can, he can throw kicks. He can throw elbows. Knees. There's a lot of things you got to watch. And all you got to do is watch that big big right hand. That's what you got to do. And, and Floyd knows it's coming. But let's just say it lands. He can go down, which he does, and he would have 10 seconds to recuperate and come back up. Not like an MMA where mm-hmm. Conor jump in and get that finish. Uh, he just doesn't have that avenue. So now we're at him. Do something. At forty nine other guys who were born to do this. Guys who I to the gym every day. They didn't do it. How in the world is gonna be great to do it? So it is a fight, but it kinda isn't, man, because we're we're asking this guy to be impossible. I agree. I I agree. I agree completely. I, I can't. I wouldn't have said it any better myself personally. Uh, so, with that said, man, what's your prediction for the fight? Do you think we see a? I think we're gonna see a snorefest personally. I mean, you'll see some moments here and there, but for the most part, you'll you'll see a uh, a pretty much a domination by Floyd. Do you are you with me on that? I think it's gonna be fun. Here, here's where it gets tricky, though. I, I think Floyd is gonna give him. He'll give him the first two rounds. I think. And I think uh, I think Connor will win based on volume alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But but then Floyd will shoot around, and I think uh, I think I'll wear him down. And I think around round six to eight is where he puts him up. Hmm. Interesting. You Interesting. Got, also, got to remember this: the commission licensed the fight that shouldn't have been licensed. Okay. And so that referee's going to have his finger on the trigger. Really? Explain that. Explain that. Explain that to the non-fight fans that listen to the show. Explain that a, a, a little bit more. You have, you have the greatest fighter on the planet, and mm-hmm. you're linking him up against a guy who's great in mixed martial arts, but's never had any boxing experience. Right. Normally, that wouldn't happen. You you have to have some kind of background in order for that to be licensed. But they did it anyway, mm-hmm. and so the, the biggest black mark for that commission would be if something were serious were to happen to Floyd Mayweather, or sorry, to Conor McGregor. So because of that, the referee's going to have his finger on the trigger, and where he would allow maybe a little bit more of a thing, let's say, he, he's not going to let that happen. He doesn't want that to happen on his watch. The commission doesn't want that to happen on their watch. So Connor, if he's getting beat up, look for that fight to get stopped fairly quickly. Interesting, interesting. So do you see this going the full 12 rounds? It doesn't sound like it. It sounds like you, you sound like it's, it's going to be over, you know, probably after eight. That's your that's your prediction? Yeah, I, I would be I would be shocked if it went past nine, but I think really? right around round four he's gonna turn it on. I think round six he may be gone. It, it's wow. just it's, it's a different sport, man. I, I, I just in training and just boxing alone, like I know what that feels like to have your arms be drenched, just tired. Yeah. You can't lift them up. It's different muscles that you're using. Yeah, no, I, I yeah. Great, great points, man. Great points. How big is this fight for UFC? I mean, I get it for boxing. It's, it's just another big fight, I think. That's just my opinion. But how big is this for UFC? Does this really have any impact on the business of US, UFC? Is, is this... 
if you're Dana White, are you looking at this and just kind of rubbing your hands like cha-ching? Or you're kind of like, uh, I don't know, but I'll go along with it. Like, how, how big is this for the sport of UFC and MMA in general? A lot of ching is, a lot of cha-ching is going on in Dana White's head right now. Uh, there is one thing that is a little scary, and that's that right now the UFC is losing a lot of superstars. Guys right. are leaving because they're getting older. You guys are getting popper uh, uh, performance enhancing. Yeah, we'll get to that. Conor <laughs> McGregor that one petty thing in the UFC where they know they could turn around and make a lot of money. They have to recuperate this money that they put out for this business. Uh, if you have Conor McGregor boxing, you're gonna make money, but you want him to make money in mixed martial arts. And it's going out there and he's getting knocked out by Floyd Mayweather. Well, that sets back his MMA career. And, and that can make a little bit of a uh, uh, a little bit of uh, circus in his division, so it's it's with food, but I think Caesar made their money, and I think they're happy with whatever happens. Hmm. Okay. You talk to MMA fans basically all day, every day. Obviously, Do, are they into this fight? Are they kind of just rolling their eyes like me and you are to, to a certain extent? Are they excited? Are they like, whatever, just get it over with? What is the kind of general consensus of most MMA fans that you talk to every day? I think starting to get into it. Uh, a lot of people were rolling their eyes in the beginning, and I, and I understand why they were doing that. Uh, but at the end of the day, it really, it really doesn't prove nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, Connor made a good point, and his point was this. I can box Floyd Mayweather, and I'm probably not going to win. This is what he said early on. He said, Floyd Mayweather could go into the cage, and he's not going to win. However, if those two meet at Costco, Floyd Mayweather win that fight. Or, sorry, Conor McGregor's going to right, win that right, fight. Right. If they fight in the plate, Conor McGregor's going to win that fight. So he knows he's, he's the, the, the better fighter, but I'm sorry, it's in a boxing ring. It's exactly. Not good yeah. That yeah. I know you brought it up a little bit, you touched on it a little bit, but what is the kind of the, give the state of the union of, of UFC right now? You, you touched on it a little bit earlier, a lot of fighters are kind of retiring or, or phasing out, UFC's kind of waning in pop, a little bit in popularity, it, it doesn't seem to have the kind of energy in the sport that it had even a few years ago, obviously Rousey, Rousey's kind of flamed out a little bit, GSP's, I guess he's retired. Uh, Silva's gotten old. Uh, John Jones is a fuck up. <laughs> uh, what? Yeah. What? Uh, what is the state of UFC right now? Well, the state is this: they're constantly making money. However, if you ever watch a, like an old gangster movie, right? Right. Those guys make a shitload of money, but the second they lose just a little bit of money, they forget how much they've made and they flip out. Hmm. I think that's what's going on here with the UFC. They're so used to making a lot of money. Off the backs of guys like John Jones, uh, people like Ronda Rousey, Conor McGregor, a lot of those names are going away, and they need to figure out ways to create new superstars. There is no Brock Lesnar anymore. That was the easy paycheck. Uh, so they have to figure out how to regenerate that money. Right now, they're having trouble creating superstars. They do have them, but it takes time to develop them. Right. And uh, I mean, you got you got. Great champion, Steve Miocic. He was on our show today. He's making considerably less money than, say, the number four ranked guy in, in his division. Like a lot of that stuff doesn't make sense. Right. A lot of fighters, I can figure. Like, they're seeing what this guy's making, and they're getting pissed off. They want to take him out. So right now, it's been a little bit of a circus. It's been difficult for Dana White to really get a hand on on everything that's going on. 
leaked to him last night and he just looked drained. I mean, you'd ask him a question and you could just tell. Hmm. Whatever, uh, when you turned 21, would you look like the day after? <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. So if you had to kind of look into the crystal ball, who is the one guy in the sport right now that you think can take that mantle that can be, I mean, we, you know, obviously you said there are plenty of stars in UFC right now, but who do you, th- who do you see as that transcendent star you know, coming up next. Obviously, Connor still has a foot in the UFC, obviously, so he's still there. He's not going anywhere. But who's the next guy that you think can be that guy to carry the sport? There's a guy named Kevin Lee, a lightweight. He's be fighting Tony Ferguson for the inter- title. Mm-hmm. That guy is a superstar. That he's been coming on our show for a long time, and he's been saying a lot of things that he just not working. But he, his body is, is cashing those paychecks and not writing. And I honestly think this guy is on the, the verge of becoming a superstar. If he can win that belt in, uh, out here in Vegas, I, I think he'd be probably one of the next big stars for the UFC. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 Uh, you talked to a lot of MMA fighters, obviously. Do they do they have an inferiority complex with boxers? Do you do you sense that there's a, like a, a jealousy or do they, do they respect boxers? Do they respect boxing as a whole or is it or what's what's the kind of the mindset of most UFC fighters that that you talk to uh, on a daily basis most of them love them most of them love the I'll see that most of them love boxers uh, they train with them they get humbled very quickly but yesterday we have Ray Morgan so he's going to be fighting Demetrius Johnson for the flyweight title he talked about training with boxers he talked about how frustrating it was uh, getting tooled up by these guys, but th- is this, he still had the mentality of, even though I'm getting beat up right now by this boxer, mm-hmm. I am still the baddest man in this gym. Because if those rules go away and this turns into a fight, I'm going to destroy that guy. And I think a lot of MMA guys feel that, that way, but they still have that reason for boxing. Interesting. Interesting. And before we let you go, I mean, we got to talk about John Jones. Obviously, another failed test, another fuck up, as we mentioned earlier. What, what, what is John Jones right now? What is his status? Do you ever see him living up to his full potential? I guess that's a two-part question. Go ahead and answer it any way you want to answer it. But, but just talk about the whole John Jones situation. What's going on there? What do you see it going John Jones can beat anyone on the planet except himself. He's his own worst enemy, and, and that's what makes it so sad. Is he's had opportunity after opportunity. He just can't get it together. And uh, I have a feeling that this penalty is going to be really bad. Let's just say three years. Yeah, he can come back in three years, but what, what is the UFC going to do? Are they going to take a chance putting him in a main event knowing that he can screw it all up again? It all depends on whether or not they're able to create new stars in the next mm-hmm. three years. Uh, I I don't think John Jones will go away completely, but I think his legacy is very tarnished. Interesting. So let's play. Let's play. Let's let's play a hypothetical. Let's just say. Let's just say what you say is correct. UFC still kind of making money, but not really being a transcendent sport, not having those transcendent stars like you talked about, not making those big kind of crossover stars. Let's say there is a three-year suspension or something. Do you see Dana White taking a chance on John Jones again in three years? Let's just say if there if there is a big fight out there, a big payday out there. Do you see John? We all know Dana. Dana's first and foremost about the bottom line. He's about money. Do you see Dana taking that chance with John Jones again? 
think I do see him doing it, but he's not going to be happy about it. And I don't think he'll put him in a main event. It'll probably have to be some kind of co-main co event slot. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, regardless of what John Jones has done, he translates into dollars. Right. At the end of the day, that's what runs that company. Interesting, interesting. Do you see Brock Lesnar fighting again? Where does this put Brock in his status? A lot of people are saying, you know, he's about wanting to do it. I just think it's a negotiation tactic uh, for WWE to, to re-sign him and get a bigger contract. I, I really don't think he'll come back to mixed martial arts. Really? Interesting, because I think he wants to do it. I mean, you know I follow WWE. I think he wants to do it. Um, if Vince will let him, I think he'll do both. Um, you don't see a, a Myosic fight? do it. Now's the time. Yeah, I agree. That, that division's wide. Do you see a big fight out there for him? I mean, besides the, the natural Myosic fight, do you see another big fight out there for him besides that one? No, they'd have to figure out a way to get him in that, that title fight because uh, I, I don't see Brock being very successful in mixed martial arts if he comes back. So I'd say you got one, maybe two fights out of him. And uh, yeah, I don't think they're going to go very well for him. Interesting, interesting. Brian, I want to thank you so much for giving us a few minutes, man. I know you got a busy schedule. Uh, before you go, man, just let the listeners who've never probably listened to you or don't listen to your show, just promote your show, promote your yourself, tell them where they can find you, where they can follow you, all that good stuff, man. Yeah, you can follow me at the goes on Twitter, uh, Instagram, chat, and MMA Junkie Radio. Make sure you tune, us, tune in, catch us. We have our live stream starts at 10 a.m. to noon broadcast live out of the Mandalay Bay Sportsbook and you can catch us on Sirius uh, Sirius Satellite Channel 93 good stuff man just want to thank you so much for coming on like I said you gave us a, uh, some good insight there on the fight so before I let you go predictions Floyd in a uh, knockout 8th round right Floyd by stoppage in round 6 by stoppage round 6 okay got it by stoppage round 6 Brian, it's been a pleasure, man. You know you got a home here at the TFP Podcast. So and whenever you want to come on, just let me know, and I'll bring you on, man. We'll talk some more. We'll talk Laker basketball. Hey. How about that? Anytime, and, I, and I'm very proud of you guys and what you guys are able to do over there. Thanks, man. Thanks. I appreciate it so much, man. Thank you for coming on, man. All right. Do good work tomorrow. Thanks. We'll see you. Yep. That was Brian the Goes Garcia giving us a few minutes live from Vegas. He's there calling the action, or at least covering the action. And uh, that was pretty cool of him to give us a couple minutes uh, just covering the fight. Gave us a lot of good insights. Also gave us some good insights on John Jones, man. Uh, like I stated in the podcast yesterday, man. I'm just not, I, I really haven't been into this fight. I mean, I just, I've, I've had a hard time really getting hyped up for it. I mean, I think it's, I, I mean, it's going to be entertaining. You know, I mean, like I said last night, I mean, what else is there to do on a Saturday night in August besides get shit-faced? So why not get shit-faced and watch Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather? So that's... That's basically where I stand with it, man. I'm going to a little fight party. Uh, I'm going to go watch it. Hopefully, it's entertaining. I don't see it being very entertaining. I mean, it's going to be entertaining from the spectacle side of things, but I don't see it being very entertaining from an actual fight perspective. Um, it'll be interesting. You'll you know you'll be you'll be looking out to see what Conor McGregor can actually do. But honestly, man, I'm just I, I think it's going to be a fucking laugher. I don't think it's going to be that great or interesting at all. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, I have no fucking faith at all that this fight is going to be fucking entertaining at all. But we'll see. 
we'll see. That's all. That's why they fight. That's why they fight. That's why they play the games. Of course, you know, you never can be too dismissive of anybody. But you know, I, I just, I just don't see it. And, and that's the crazy part too, because it almost feels like I'm rooting for Floyd, but I'm not. Like I'm actually rooting for Connor. Like I would love, I would love to come on next week and brag and talk shit about how Floyd got his ass whooped. I would love to come on the show next week and say, oh my God, how the fuck did you get, how the fuck did you get beat by an MMA fighter, a guy who's not even a boxer? I would love to do that, but I, I don't, I don't see it happening. Like, I gotta be honest, I don't see it happening. So we'll see, we'll see, man. Real quick before we go, uh, there was a 30 for 30 last night that premiered uh, is what Carter lost. And I just wanted to give you guys, um, a little bit of a recap of that show. It's about the Dallas Carter uh, High School football team, the 1990, 1988 Dallas Carter High School football team that uh, won the state championship. Uh, famous team. A lot of people consider one of the greatest um, college, you know, college. <laughs> the niggas felt like it was a college. Um, high school football teams of all time. Uh, obviously, if you're a fan of Friday Night Lights, the show, uh, specifically the movie, they were the big team with all the niggas on it that uh, Permian played at the end. Um, and I, I'll be honest, like I was a little unfamiliar about the Carter High School story. Like I hadn't, I'd known a little bit about it. I knew that that was a, obviously I knew how great they were. They were a well-documented team. I didn't know all the other issues that they had going on with the education stuff, that the education fraud stuff that, that they had going on. Um, and obviously the, 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 not to spoil it too much, um, the burglary, the guys that got in trouble on on the team um, after the football season was over. Um, so I didn't know. I was a little bit unfamiliar to that story. So one of the first times, really, in watching the Thirty for Thirty, that I was interested because I was like, well, I'm always interested, but I was actually interested in the story because I didn't know all the backstory to the Carter, you know, the Carter School thing. I mean, obviously, Permian is the more famous team. That's the team that gets covered in Friday Night Lights, the book and and the show and. The movie, obviously, but so, but Dallas Carter was an, a fascinating story in itself. Um, I think it's a great, great documentary. It's about, uh, I want to say it's about 90 minutes long. I think it's about 90 minutes to two hours long. I didn't, I didn't really count it, but um, it's about 90 to 90 minutes to two hours. They get into really, it, it's in two parts, really. Uh, the first part is kind of talking about. Um, the team itself, how it's constructed, how great it is, obviously all the accolades about the team, the, the greatness of that of that team for that particular season. And then it talks about the whole um, you know educational issues, the, the grade issues, the grade controversy, um, that kids weren't uh, were getting grades changed for them. Um, that sort of thing. I don't want to give too much into it. If you watch the show, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. But they get into that controversy and how that kind of mars their whole playoff run. And that's something that I didn't even know. I mean, I thought that they were just this dominant team that just kind of had this playoff run and they just beat every fucking body. I mean, that's how the fucking movie makes it sound like. But obviously, the movie is, for Hollywood purposes, a little bit far-fetched. But, um, you know, the the... The story is really interesting and in how this kind of scandal kind of 
engulfs this whole playoff run and they're talking about it every week and every week is a new thing and it's more of a controversy all the while. And these are high school kids. I mean, this isn't a college football team. This isn't an NFL team that's kind of trained to deal with distractions and, 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 and these kind of situations. I mean, this is, this is a, these are 16, 17 year old fucking kids that are dealing with this constant distraction playing for a state title in Texas of, of all places. So it's an interesting, it's an interesting story. And then obviously it goes through the playoff run and how they win the, the, the state championship and whatnot. And then the second part of the 30 for 30 kind of gets into kind of the lives of the players kind of after the football season, mainly if uh, I think it was like eight of them, eight or 10 of them that got in trouble for armed robbery and burglary, uh, burglary rings that were going on in the Dallas area. Um, I mean, what can you say? A bunch of dumbass kids doing dumbass shit. And it, and it kind of goes in depth and it, taught, and, it, and it has interviews with those players, guys that all went to jail or that, you know, served some kind of punishment. Um, and it kind of gets their mindset on everything that was going on. I mean, I thought it was a fascinating, fascinating 30 for 30. I really did. Um, it was great. It was well-directed. Um, uh, just it's just perfect. Um, I, I, they they touched a little bit on the whole all black team. They touched a little bit on it. I would have liked them to touch a little bit more on the race aspect of it. A little bit. They kind of they did touch on it a little bit, but they kind of glossed over it a little bit. I don't think they wanted to make that too much of the focus. But I think I, I, it's always interesting, at least for me, when they talk about the race issue, especially in football in the South at that time, an all black high school football team. Um, I wish they would have gotten a little bit more into kind of the socioeconomic stuff, the, 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 the societal issues that were going on at the time in the 80s, Dallas area, that type of thing. I wish I would have gotten into a little bit, little bit more, but I guess that's my only nitpick on, 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 the, on the show. But overall, I thought the documentary was great. I, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, um, I came into this really not knowledgeable at all about Dallas Carter. I think everybody kind of thinks about Permian and Permian kind of gets all the attention and all the all the buzz and the hoopla, but people kind of forget about Dallas Carter and that story. I know I did anyway. So it's good to kind of go back and recap and learn something about that that I really, I mean, I had known about it. I mean, obviously it's fucking Google and Yahoo. I mean, you just Google shit in five minutes, you'll find out. But um, I had known a little bit about it, but I really hadn't known the, the depths of it. And that's what the 30 for 30 did. And that's, the, it accomplished its goal. So if I had to give it stars, I'd give it four stars. I think it's solid. I think it's a solid, solid documentary. Um, it's nothing that you've never, you haven't seen before. I mean, if you've seen your, if you've seen any 30 for 30, it's your standard 30 for 30. Um, so it doesn't break any new ground in that respect, but um, it's a really, really good show. It's a really good documentary. Um, so um, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, I thought it was a really good show. So uh, 30 for 30 with Carter Loss. Go, go, go check it out. It's on ESPN, obviously. It debuted last night. They'll replay it a thousand fucking times if you haven't seen it, especially on ESPN Classic. That's all ESPN Classic does now, by the way. They have no fucking shows. They don't air any games. They just re-air a whole bunch of 30 for 30. This is cool. I, that's the only reason I even watch ESPN Classic now is to watch those fucking old 30 for 30s. But um, it'll be on there eventually. And it'll be on the ESPN family of networks, obviously. So you'll catch it if you've missed it. Um, and, and at some point, it'll probably be on Netflix, too. So... Um, yeah, go check it out if you haven't checked it out. It's a, it's a really good documentary. 
All right, I'm gonna get the hell up out of here, man. I got shit to do. My son's birthday party is tomorrow, so I gotta go help plan for that. Um, yeah, man. So as always, I just want to thank you guys for listening and subscribing to the show as always. Um, I, I can't say it enough. I know I say it. I bore you guys to tears with this, but I, say, I, I just, I always want to say this, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening, for subscribing, for supporting the show. If you've listened to one episode, if you've listened to two episodes, if you listen to all the episodes, I just want to thank you for subscribing and listening to the show, man. I'm truly humbled by all the love, all the, all the accolades, all the things that I get in social media, on Twitter. People DM me all the time telling me they're fans of the show. They support the show. They love the show. So I, I, I'm truly blessed by that, man. And I, I'm so appreciative. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. If you like the show, as always, keep listening. Keep subscribing. And go on iTunes and leave us a review. If you like the show, give us a review. Those iTunes reviews are so important. I can't stress that enough. Uh, very, very important. So if you like the show... Drop us a review, man. If you if you really love the show, let others know that you love the show and what makes the show great so that they can find it. Because more reviews, the more positive reviews, the more we bump up in the rankings. So um, that's the way that works. So, um, And if you haven't listened to a show, if you guys are new to the show, um, you can find us everywhere. Just, just You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio. I mean, everywhere. Everywhere where there's a podcast, we are there. Everywhere. <laughs> we are everywhere. So if you like us, if you're listening to us for the first time and if you like us and you like what you hear, subscribe. Subscribe to our podcast, man. We really appreciate it. We love your we love your listenership. We love your business. So thank you so much. Um, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Manuel Brown, at the Manuel Brown. And then you can follow the show at DTF Podcast One on Twitter. Um, also the Facebook page, the Technical Foul Podcast. Um, so yeah, that's where we're at, man. As always, thank you. Thank you for Brian, the goals Garcia for coming on the show, uh, and giving us a few minutes. He will definitely be back on the show for a longer period of time next time. Hopefully when there's not a big fight that's in his fucking schedule, <laughs> he can give us a few minutes, but, uh, thank you for him. And I also want to give a special shout out to Noah tour, man, as always, always a good dude, always gives us his time and, and is very professional, very courteous, um, just, and shows love, man. So just thank you to him. Special shout out to him. Go listen to his podcast, the Norator Podcast. Go listen to it. And go listen to Brian Goes' show, the MMA Junkie Radio on Sirius XM Satellite Radio, channel 91, I believe. Go listen to that. Go support those guys. Those guys do a great, great job over there at Sirius XM. So go listen to their show. Um, I'm out of here. Hope you guys enjoy the fight. My prediction 12 rounds, unanimous decision. Floyd wins. It's a domination. 10 rounds to two. That's my prediction. So I'm out of here. Hope you guys enjoy the fight this weekend. Be safe. Be safe. Don't get too shit-faced. Don't drink and drive, obviously. Don't snap and drive. I know I will, though. But that's beside the point. Um, oh, yeah. Follow me on Snapchat. MannyBro15. MannyBro15. Follow me on Snapchat. My shit is lit. Um, but, yeah, man. Don't Snapchat and drive. Don't drink and drive. Be safe. Have fun this weekend. Don't get too shit-faced. Enjoy the fight. Peace, everybody. We out. See y'all next week. Serious, serious.